We are live here on Forward Radio WFMP LP Louisville broadcasting to you from the top of the historic Hayburn building doing a special pledge drive edition of the show right here in studio. And we are full. All the microphones are lit because we need you to go to the phones, right? That's how we used to say in the old days. Go to the phones. No, we, you can go to your phone still. It's just going to be your smartphone and you're going to go to forwardradio.org and help us stay on the air for another five years. We're celebrating our five years anniversary today. Uh, my name is Justin Mogg. I'm a programmer here at the station, and I'm really excited to have a bunch of friends in studio with me, too, uh, who are going to help you know, encourage you to support this station that you love. We really can't do it without you, and we rely entirely on listener contributions. So go to FordRadio.org and think about what you can give today to help support the station. I've got a co-founder of the station in studio with me. Welcome, Ruth Newman. Yes, yes, I am a co-founder. Am I not? <laughs> Get closer to the mic and we can hear you. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sorry. So glad to be here. If we uh, had more money, we could have more microphones in here, right? And <laughs> a bigger space. Studio, too. <laughs> Your studio yeah. space. Uh, it's so good to have you here, Ruth. And you've brought a friend with you, Ruth, from the Louisville Chorus, right? Yes, indeed. I brought John Trueblood. He's one of our star tenors. And I don't I'm know so about glad. that, but I am a tenor. <laughs> I am a tenor. <laughs> wow. Welcome, John. So Thank good you. to have you here. Uh, we also have friends from a proud community partner of Ford Radio, the Urban Agriculture Coalition, represented today uh, by Madeline Marshall. Hello, Madeline. Hello. So glad to be here. It's great to have you in studio. And Bethany Pratt is back in the studio, Hi, too. Hi. Good to be back. Hey. We are going to talk about gardening and urban ag and singing <laughs> today here on your special live access hour. Uh, and all of it is just in service of trying to get you to give to the station. Uh, we have a goal of raising $5,000 over the course of this week. Uh, and we can only do it one pledge at a time. So we're going to hope that during this hour... We're live here at 2 o'clock on March 30th, a beautiful, warm, warm, windy Wednesday. And we hope we can thank you live on air and ring this bell. I'm going to ring it right now because we've already got 15 donors. Last I looked, we had nine. So I'm so thrilled that we have six new donors to thank. Uh, and we have raised $857 out of our goal of 5000 Now, let's see. It's day four of our two-week pledge drive. So we should be like about a quarter of the way there. So I would say we are behind, my friends. We need you to go to FordRadio.org and click on the big red button at the top that says Donate to Our Pledge Drive. And the neat thing that happens during the drive is you can pick up on some great thank you gifts. Right, Ruth? Absolutely. You've been helping assemble some of these cool things. Yes, indeed. We've got so many one-of-a-kind items, hand handcrafted. Um, a lot of them are handcrafted by a group called Stitch, yeah. which is sewing together in the Caring Highlands. Yeah. And that is women who teach other refugee women how to sew and in the process also teach them English. That's right. So it's just a really great group. And uh, they have items on today. They have uh, something called a kitchen boa. That's right, at the $50 level. Yes, it's great. It's very unique, and it's very colorful, and you wear it around your neck. And it comes with two ta kitchen towels, very colorful kitchen towels. Or pot holders at the end, right? So no, not pot holders. Oh, yes, they you can grab hot things with them, But them, right? we also have, yeah. um, what was it now, My microwave 
micro pot bowl holders. pot holders at yes. the $60 level, a set of three in three different sizes, also handmade by Stitch. Uh, if you can only afford uh, something like a $25 donation today, you can get a beautiful zippered pouch. What might one use those for, Ruth? You could put your cell phone in it. There, oh, really? It'll fit a cell phone. Okay, cool. Yes. Or, uh, you know, a little. it's like a little purse. Uh, it's a small purse. Yeah, a small purse. And it's very stylish. Yes. Very stylish. You can pick your design at the $25 level. Okay. Uh, and then at the $35 level, there are these smartphone caddies, right? Exactly. Yes, yes. What do you do with a smartphone caddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they hold up your phone, either vertically or horizontally, so you can follow a recipe. Oh, yeah, when you got dirty hands in the kitchen. Yeah, or, yes. You know, or you don't want to touch it when you're talking to people. That's right. Um, FaceTiming. Even right? plugging it in to char charge it up. Oh, yeah. 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 So there's all kinds of uses. And our dear friend of the station and programmer with Veterans for Peace Radio uh, has also handmade some of these beautiful lap blankets. And she's got them in three different color schemes, right? Yes. Yes. UK colors, U of L colors, and our own WFMP colors. So yes. that's at the $150 level. If you have $300, you could be a house divided. I like keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have some WFMP uh, outerwear. So you can wear your love for the station close to your heart. We have T-shirts available, both short and long sleeve, at the $40 level. And if you can afford a $75 donation today, you can spend all next winter in style and comfort with a WFMP hoodie. So those are the great things available to you. You can, of course, give at any level. Uh, you don't have to get a thank you gift. We just need to see you donate during this hour. Uh, let us let us thank you live on air, and you could be the 16th donor. Help get us over that $900 hump, perhaps, and maybe on towards our first thousand. Uh, we need to raise five thousand. It's totally doable with your help. We want to thank our most recent donors, David Mark Piles, for your generous donation to the station, uh, and then anonymous donor thank you so much carol trainer has also donated as well thank you carol she volunteers and she donates uh thank you peter barris and wallace mcmullen has also donated to the station wallace has been on the show a few times uh and we're so glad to have him now as a member of forward radio you can join this illustrious crew by going to forwardradio.org right now and digging deep to give what you can we'd love to ring the bell uh and and thank you live on air well let's talk a little bit about uh Louisville Chorus. Uh, what is this organization? This is another nonprofit in our community, right? Yes, yes. Yes, like it's it? it's been around for what seventy five years. Really? Now? 75. Yes. It's the oldest choral group in the entire state of Kentucky. Oh, yes. wow! That's it's, a rich history. It's had various names, but it's presently the Louisville Chor okay. Chorus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a fine group, and uh, we're we're planning an, a concert coming up uh, very soon. Is that right? Yes. Yes, on the twenty fourth of April at three p.m. at Christ Church United Methodist Church, we're going to have an all Dan Forrest concert. Uh, this is music by uh, composer Dan Forrest. Wow. Well, see, I clearly need to learn more about choral music because I didn't even know about him. So this is good. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if everyone knows about him, but he's, he's very well known. And uh, uh, Louisville Chorus is very, very privileged to have him coming yeah. to this concert. How many concerts do you all put on every year? Oh, a lot. Really? Uh, you, oh, goodness. Yeah. Almost six? once a month. <laughs> once know. a month, no, it's really? more than six. Uh, is it? I, I think um, it's like once every one and a half or two months. Wow, fantastic. And it's it's very, we do Mozart, we do uh, 
patriotic concert. July it's 4th. on July 4th, which Ruth is very involved with because she does all the visuals. It's a visual, oh, wow. audio-visual presentation. audio-visual, yeah. Wow. Ruth <laughs> works very, very hard, but her, her work is, is just fabulous. It's worth seeing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you, John. Yeah, oh, it, it's wonderful. It's, it's worth seeing, but it's also worth hearing. <laughs> the chorus does a nice job. Well. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's the one time I don't get to sing in the chorus. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. And and are you a soprano? I am. Oh, wow. And yes. and how many sopranos and how many tenors are there? Oh, my. Is it well, a huge chorus? Well, sopranos. We're down to four tenors. Okay. Actually, we could use a few more if you want to audition. Oh. <laughs> Louisville Chorus. Um, uh, uh you know, they're always auditioning for, for tenor. It is an auditioned group. Okay. It's a semi-professional group. They okay. call it call it that. It's really quite professional, if you ask me. It's very <laughs> good. In concert with other singers, uh, you know, it's just a fabulous experience. And um, I go home every, t every rehearsal afterwards. I just go home feeling like I'm on cloud nine. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Matter of fact, one of the songs that I hope you'll play is called Walking... Walking in the air. I yes. think that's what it's called. Yes. Walking in the air. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a wonderful group, and uh, uh, of course I've seen I've sung with lots of different uh, groups. I sang with the opera here, and I've sung with other other groups as well. But uh, I have always come back, and I have left the chorus, but I always have come back to sing with the chorus because I I enjoyed. And one thing I enjoy, besides the people like Ruth in the in the chorus is the diversity of songs and music that we sing. It's, it's unlike any other group in the city. We have other choral groups, but generally they stick with, with a genre, a certain genre. And uh, we kind of sing across the board. And uh, it's fun. It's just fun to do. Wow. And how 75 years, uh, are, are the members of this group, some of them stretch back for decades? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah you're looking at what I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think our listeners will want to hear this. So let's let's do a little listen to Walking in the Air. Uh, and then we're going to hope that maybe John will sing for us live in studio, too. Uh, just to welcome the spring, I think, or maybe welcome the summer <laughs> with the weather we're having right now. Uh, while we're pulling this up, uh, we want you to go to forwardradio.org to support your listening. Uh, you're not going to hear radio like this anywhere else in our community. Uh, and you're not going to get exposed to wonderful organizations like the Louisville Chorus and the Urban Ag Coalition on other stations. So if you support that, then now is the time to go to forwardradio.org and pledge whatever you can at any level to support the station and support your listening. Uh, we'd love to have you as a member of the station, and we've got some great thank you gifts available only now during the pledge drive, which runs through our actual birthday on April 9th. And we hope you'll come out for our big birthday party, right, Ruth? Yes, indeed. It's going to be a bash. It's going to be so much fun. Yes, um, we're going to have birthday cake, we're going to have lots of food, we're going to have great speakers. Um, one of them is Adria Johnson, who's president and CEO of uh, Metro United Way. Oh, very cool. And the other one is Judd Hendricks. Yes. Who is with, yeah, it's Interfaith Pass to Peace. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Two fabulous speakers. And, and then we're going to have live music. Yes. So where is this party? Because I want to yeah, go. Where is it? Where is it? Yes. <laughs> It's at the Tim Faulkner Gallery, 991 
Logan Street. It's right across from the Logan Street Market. It's going to be April the 9th, which is a Saturday, from 1 to 4. April the 9th being our birthday, the day that we went on the air. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In 2017. Yes, yes. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot. I, a lot of nonprofits are going to be there because I've invited a lot of nonprofits, including you guys. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The Coalition, the Urban Ag Coalition. And, and we're going to be talking about nonprofits yes. there, too, because that's a whole really incredible story that needs to be told about what nonprofits are doing in this city yeah. and how they can take advantage of this frequency, 106.5, for the public interest, and how, um, you know, we are commercial free. We mm -hmm. are commercial free. We are a public space, a public airwave and um, a fabulous resource. Well, let's give a listen to some more Walking in the Air and we'll be back here. Go to fordradio.org, make your pledge now. Wow, beautiful track, Walking in the Air from the Louisville Chorus, who are highlighting here today. Yes, applause for them. Wow, good stuff, you guys. <laughs> were both of you in on that recording? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, and, and that who wrote that piece? 
Oh, don't ask me. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> really back with me at another time. It's really you know. lovely, um, and hopefully we'll get to listen to some more of that later. Well, I want to share that uh, we still need your pledges of support at forwardradio.org. Uh, we'd love to thank you live on air while you're picking up on some of those great thank you gifts available only now during the pledge drive. We are behind. We are behind, my friends. We have a goal of $5,000 by the end of the drive. We've only raised $857. we are about a quarter of the way through. So to me, the math's not adding up here. We need you to donate. Step up. Donate what you can. Pledges at any level really help. Uh, this this is our only time of the year that we come on air and encourage you to give. And uh, so if you've been enjoying a full year of listening to the station and you value that, uh, then now is the time to just chip in whatever you can. Uh, again, any level helps. Uh, and we have great thank you gifts starting at the $25 level. Uh, so support the station, support great groups like the Louisville Chorus and Urban Ag Coalition, who we haven't talked enough about yet. So let's bring Bethany uh, and Madeline back into the fold. The Urban Hi. Ag Coalition must be really busy right now, right? It's that time of this year. This is that time of year. Yes. What do you got growing? What about you, Madeline? <laughs> do you have anything at home yet? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of uh, medicinal herbs. Oh, really? Which is one of my favorite things to grow. Fun. So my chamomile just started to pop up oh, the other day. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying some new herbs uh, this year, like Vitex. Um, oh, and chased that? tree, all <laughs> kinds of things with magical names You're blowing my um, mind now. That, are, that are going to heal me in every way possible. Oh, wow. So, yeah, very exciting. Wow. What about you, Bethany? Very what do you have cool. growing? I have veggies. I'm definitely yeah. in camp, camp edible over here. Um, yeah, so I currently have asparagus. I'm going to harvest my first asparagus tonight. No way. I'm so excited about. You've got asparagus I popping do. up? I do, yeah. Oh, I've got to go look at my asparagus you beds. You should. Mine, like, surprised me yesterday. Yeah. I was like, oh! Oh, you're here. We have the purple kind that you have. Me too. Yeah, is that That's what, you... what I have at home. Yeah. And you've... Oh, I gotta go look. You do. Doesn't asparagus take years and years in order to? It really takes about two years to establish. Um, but then after that, it can it can last forever, years and years. It's perennial. It is a perennial. It's yeah. great and it's so fun. It's just like you have a little paintbrush that all of a sudden appears in your lawn, and you're like, wow, <laughs> this is so fun. It's it surprising. tastes good too. And it comes in colors, uh, yeah. which is also great. And the usual uh, way to sustain it is to not harvest every last one of them, Correct. right? you got to leave some in the ground. That's the hardest thing to do, it right? It is, <laughs> especially at the very beginning, right? Because I think that's where asparagus kind of gets its gets its challenges because the, really the first year you don't want to do any picking at all oh it's, who could resist i know it's, it's so small and spindly and it's worth waiting for but it's so hard because it's so tasty so why is that why do you need to leave it so it takes so asparagus is right a rhizome based plant it's a root based plant so it stores all of its energy all of its magic right in the roots <laughs> um so if we spent and then right it just comes up out of the ground to flower and fruit and then make more seeds I mean, that's super exhausting for a plant to put all that energy up. Yeah. So if we don't let the plant gather, right, photosynthesize, gather that energy from being out and about in the sunshine for a few short months, then we've basically killed it because we've taken away all its energy stores. So it's super, it's super challenging. But, you know, every year you kind of take, take, you get to take a little more, which is good. Um, last year, I think I was harvesting about a pound, of, a pound to two pounds a week out of a probably 16 wow, square foot that area. Much? Wow. Um, so it, do, it does pay off. It's a five-year-old patch. So it definitely pays off over time. 
um, which is exciting. And then all of your friends and neighbors also get asparagus um, oh, yeah. too. So if I want to start from scratch, uh, do I take a cutting off of somebody's asparagus or what do I do? Oh yeah. So you actually need to move those roots around. So you could either find a generous friend who's ready to <laughs> donate some crowns, um, or maybe they've gotten a few asparagus that have moved out of their asparagus zone. Right, right. right the migrating, the the migrating asparagus. asparagus yeah. right? It's a perennial, so it reseeds itself, which is good, but sometimes, you know, it gets a little help on the reseeding and the <laughs> yeah. seeds travel a little further. Um, so you maybe you've got a friend who's got some asparagus that's I found some in a totally different section of my garden in the fall and just kind of, you know, gently moved it back over. Well, and if you go, I go biking out in the countryside and I see wild asparagus yeah. coming up along the fence lines. Absolutely. So I could dig that out and you put totally it in my garden could. and get yeah, established. But definitely right? if it's like out of place, make sure you're 100% sure before you dig up anything that's wild and move it. For one, two, right? For, for your human health and safety. And yeah. two, like... Check in with the property owner, too. Right, yeah. Before you go shovel something out of maybe someone else's yard. Yeah, they might favor that one, right? Yes. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so if I know where I can get some, I have a friend or something, uh, but can you buy them commercially, these crowns? Yeah. These I was actually at the garden center this morning buying some things. We have lots of lovely locally owned garden centers here in Louisville, and asparagus crowns are out for sale if you're thinking about doing this for yourself and okay. want a guarantee or you want a, like a purple color that's probably the most fun color so there's white purple and green um, yeah so, white asparagus is a mystery to me they eat a lot of that in spain and yeah, i'm always like how it, do you even grow this stuff? it's it's very strange looking yeah um i think it, for me it's a mental thing i don't know if i can handle the eating the white um has anyone else here tried it oh it's delicious yeah, yeah. it is delicious. It's tender. I, I have yes 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 yeah. i don't grow it but i do eat it <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's the best way to do it <laughs> So is this the time of year to even plant asparagus, or should I have done it in the fall? Um, th so this is the we so because it's a perennial, right? So we have kind of our fall and our spring planting window. Yeah. So if you were thinking about it in the fall and weren't sure what to do, but now it's like warm and sunny, and you need to get outside, and you're thinking about all the good things you can eat, you can absolutely get some crowns and plant them. Okay. And strawberry season's coming up soon it too, is. right? When do it? When's the first strawberry ready usually? So it depends on the variety. So yeah. we could think about Mother's Day is a good kind of okay, window. Mother's so Day. like the yeah. kind of middle of May is really, is a good safe bet that, especially if you're thinking like maybe you want to go do a U-pick or something, like that's the play. But you can also do ever-bearing strawberries. Oh. So if you're if you're someone who like just likes a little snack kind of off and yeah. on all year, the ever-bearing <laughs> ones are good. You're never going to get a whole bunch all at once, but it's good. You take a stroll through your yard and eat a strawberry from yeah. about May until... September, October. Yeah. Um, if you're someone who likes to can or make jams or pies, then you probably want what's called June bearing, which actually is like May through mid-June. So Mother's Day to Father's Day, approximately, oh. for the calendar. And that's where you're going to get a whole bunch of strawberries all at once and then nothing for the rest of the year. So like um, the you pick places probably have that variety, Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah. You picks all all bang up, all hold up on the different June bearing varieties. And we often get a big flat of strawberries from New Roots, right? Are they having their strawberry festival, do you know? I do not know. Do yeah, you well check it out. Newroots.org is a great yeah. local organization that helps get fresh food to communities that don't have access to it. Uh, and you can often sign up. You can order like a whole flat of strawberries from them sometime in May, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and Speaking of May, the Louisville Free Public Library How-To Fest is going to be coming back on May 14th. 
Uh, it's been quite a few years now since we've had this event, but Urban Ag Coalition always has a whole tent, right? I think we have uh, four tents. Whoa! So we have three presenter tents, which okay. will host a variety of speakers who will be talking on all kinds of, t of topics. Um, I think we're talking about composting, all different kinds of gardening, um, some livestock and chickens will be in there. Um, all sorts of things. And then we have one tent that's just dedicated to seeds and plant starts um, and all kinds of garden questions. So there'll be folks there all day and you can bring your various gardening questions to them and get some answers. And is there a seed exchange too? Sometimes people bring there seeds is. to There is. So we'll have, we'll have seeds to swap, seeds to give away, hopefully also some, some little transplants in there too to either exchange if you've got too much of something and you want to swap it out. Or <laughs> if you just want to come and fill in your own garden area, there's going to be lots of vegetables, definitely herbs too, and wildflowers as well. Ooh. So seeds and plants on all of those. So come come get your your free garden stuff mm. um, and learn some new things. And this is a Saturday, all day from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., right across the alley from us here at Ford Radio at the Louisville Free Public Library. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, of course, there's going to be a lot more you can learn about there than just urban agriculture, right? Uh, we often have a How to Podcast and Broadcast with Ford Radio Workshop. Oh, I haven't even set that up yet. Maybe it's not too late. Uh, but then there's also things like Tai Chi and... Uh, cooking and boy there's such a variety of things you can learn about computers my gosh uh so don't miss it mark your calendars for may 14th 10 a.m to 3 p.m uh and what about, are there other events or workshops that uh you all are involved with setting up so we just are well we're wrapping up i guess next week a spring um kind of urban ag series oh, yeah. on Getting your garden started. Um, Madeline taught an amazing class on Monday on medicinal herbs. Oh, I wish I had gone to that. Super that cool. Great. <laughs> I learned something from her every time she taught. <laughs> and Bethany taught a couple of great series on getting your garden started from the very beginning. So we talked about finding a location for your garden. Um, what you want to plant, how much space do you want to use, where is the irrigation coming from, yeah. just really like a 101 if you've never done any gardening before. Um, and then next week we have a Backyards Chicken class um, and a uh, Urban Goat class. Oh, wow. And there's still space in the Urban Goat class. So if you want to come out, hang out with us on Friday, April 8th at 6 p.m., um, to do some learn about how to keep goats in your backyard. That would be awesome. You can either visit um, the Jefferson County Conservation District um, or Jefferson County Extension to get our sign up list. Okay. Um, yeah, so it'll be fun. Who doesn't like a goat? Yeah. Um, yeah. My neighbor, I live in the Highlands, and my neighbor had, had chickens and roosters. He yeah. had her eggs and. Uh -huh. uh, uh, I bet was, there was an abundance. Did you ever yeah. get some? <laughs> no, no, but I certainly heard the rooster. <laughs> did the rooster? I have a rooster in my backyard oh, currently. Do you? Yeah. Did, did the neighbor rooster have a name? Yes, but I don't remember. Uh, yes. they, they've since moved. So the rooster So why would I want to keep a rooster? I've never understood that. I understand chickens for yeah. for eggs, but why would I want to keep a rooster? Yeah. So I um I actually this is the first time I've kept a rooster in the times that I've had chickens. Um, and I actually had so the pecking order, right? We hear about that. Yeah, and that's like, a real thing. It's a real thing, and I was having trouble with my other flocks of all hens of them not. 
of establishing the, their pecking order would change, right, without the rooster. And I had a couple chickens that were pecked to death. No. They were henpecked. Oh, my. And hen-pecked. so this time around, I decided I would try a rooster to see if it helped. And it has. No one, he's, he's in charge. Really? Yeah. And so no one else is getting beat up. Huh. And wow. Yeah, it was it it was huh. it's been he's very lovely, he's very nice, which is why I'm keeping him, but he's <laughs> The patriarchy is alive the and well in your backyard. The patriarchy is alive at least in the backyard in a, you know, a contained space. Um <laughs> Wow. Those men, those men roosters, <laughs> they, it's they true. take control. <laughs> well, he doesn't really, he's really, his name is Leonard. He's a 25-pound rooster. <laughs> Leonard! And, yes, and he's he's a purple rooster. And um, he, oh my goodness, um, so he he's 25 pounds, right? So he's the size of a small dog. Yes. But he is afraid of everything. Really? But he does a wonderful job of moving all my ladies out of danger. <laughs> and so, like, you know, he's a very gentle soul in this way he doesn't attack anything he in fact helps everyone run away <laughs> and so he gets to stay <laughs> wonderful yeah well you mentioned dogs you have big dogs right and how do they interact with I these chickens do. so i um my one dog is is definitely a se- in a separate location because they, it would, she's a bird dog and it would be all over okay, um, okay. the other dog does not care huh um, and they like coexist. The chickens are afraid of him, which uh, it's understandable. But <laughs> he is like, I don't care about you. You're not a squirrel. <laughs> so they all have that in common. Is they're all a little interested in the squirrels. And and there are other potential predators, right, for chickens that you yeah. got to watch out for, right? Yeah. So so definitely pets. If you have neighbors with pets and chickens, that's a that's a huge concern. Yeah. Um, whether they're your own or somebody else's. Um, but hawks are probably our primary. Um, urban chicken predator they call here. Them chicken hawks, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's Cooper hawks, red tail hawks, um, some of the um, brown shoulder hawks that you'll see flying around, and they they come and look. I've had them sit. They sit above. I have a pine tree really? over my chicken coop, and they will come and sit in the pine tree and and watch the chickens. They're all enclosed in a little run because of all the hawks oh. and the feral cats, um, but they're there. And I've seen them taking taking little creatures in my neighbor's backyard. So yes, it's a real it's a real threat. Yeah, it is. But they're also an important part of our uh, ecosystem too, yes. right? Because yeah. all of us who are gardening, I'm sure you've got other little friends who are maybe eating your herbs too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the hawks are an important part of the you know the food chain. But sometimes do they... hawks get groundhogs? That's what I Ooh, need. Yes, Ooh, yes, please. We need a really big maybe an eagle for that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhogs can be the bane of a gardener's existence, right? Mm-hmm. Natalie, do you have yeah. trouble with them? I do, I do. Um, we've put out a few live traps, which oh. have been sometimes successful, but last year there was a groundhog that was maybe two or three years old, and it had learned its lesson, right? It had learned that you'd seen other groundhogs go into the live traps, and it knew oh. not to do that. So mm. it was quite smart. It was Smarty hard pants. to fool this groundhog, yeah. Wow. No matter what I put in there to lure him in, he would not not come in. So huh. he's still, still there? He's probably still there, okay. yeah. I think he lives under the abandoned house. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yes. Do you guys have, do you have a plan for this year? Do you, new strategies? I I haven't thought of one yet. No. Yeah. yeah. So here's Taking the weird thing that I learned from my wife Amanda, is that for some reason I always think of the groundhogs as 
coming up and getting your vegetables from below. But they actually, they live underground, but then they come out and they scamper about. They look really funny running, by the way. Um, (laughs) They scamper about and they eat from above ground. So you can actually prevent them from eating your vegetables by covering them Uh. with this reme, this fabric. Okay. Uh, So that's kind of what we have to do all the time now. It also works against insects as well. So There's some added bonuses there. Yeah, yeah. The light can get through it, the rain can get through it, but the pests can't. And the animals apparently don't bother. Can't figure it out. (laughs) It's just just a surprising box in the middle of the field where the vegetables used to be. Do raised beds help with things like groundhogs, or does it not matter? And bunnies, too. Some people have bunnies. Yeah. I don't think it would matter too much. Yeah, yeah I think if, if they want it, they'll they'll sniff it out. You know? Yeah, I think you, I think you, right, there's a learning curve for a lot of those animals, right? If it survived and learned all of Madeline's trap tricks, then it might learn how to climb into a raised bed. Too. It's interesting to see uh, like bunnies. Yeah, how, how they'll they have their favorite foods just like we uh, humans do. That's right. They'll eat certain plants, but the other plants they'll just leave alone. Yeah. <laughs> so an interesting thing I learned from Madeline is that a lot of the medicinal herbs that you can grow are also really good deterrents for not only insects, but also for for animals too. Maybe oh, you want to yeah. shout out a few of those. Yeah, I mean, any kind of herb that has a lot of a strong aroma or an oily consistency. So um, a lot of the culinary herbs too, like uh, rosemary, oregano, things like that. And then calendula is a popular one. Marigolds yeah. are going to deter a lot of pests. Um, and uh, chamomile too, a lot of them work for that. Does the chamomile just make them like go to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) It sings a lullaby to them. (laughs) You're welcome to sleep in my garden. You just can't eat it. Can't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's listen to another short track from uh, the Louisville Chorus that we're featuring today. We've got uh, their star tenor, uh, John Trueblood, in the house, (laughs) along with Ruth Newman, who sings in the chorus too. Uh, And while you're listening to this track called Past Three, o'clock uh we hope you will go to the phones go to your smartphone and go to forwardradio.org to pledge what you can during our pledge drive we need to raise five thousand dollars and we're behind already so help us out today and we will thank you live on air
another track from the Louisville Chorus, who we're featuring today on uh, on the Access Hour here on Forward Radio. My name is Justin Mogg. I'm so excited to have two members of the chorus in the studio with me, Ruth Newman, co-founder of the station, and John Trueblood, who's a tenor. Uh, and tell us more about this concert coming up on Sunday, April 24th, 3 p.m. at Christchurch United Methodist. I've never been there. Do they have amazing acoustics? They have a large, it's a large a church. La- yeah. With, uh, with the good, with the, you know, it's not just the Louisville Chorus. Oh. I would be remiss in saying Christchurch's choir, which is oh. like 90 some people, it's a very large, the chorus is more like, how about 40 or if, if there's that many okay. now. But yeah. we're going to be together, and I think they said there's going to be 100 and 121, I think is what they said. 121 singers. Wow. And a full orchestra. Yes, what? the Louisville Philharmonia Monia <laughs> is 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 playing, and it's wow. a uh, uh, many you know uh, fifty piece. Did he say how many? It's quite a few people in that sixty piece orchestra Holy that's going cow. to be accompanying and uh, really playing. They're going to play a piece on their own as well. So it's going to be a really an extra- extravaganza, as Sounds they like say. <laughs> Surely this is a, a ticketed event. It is, it is, uh, but it's it's very reasonably, reasonably priced. priced. So, uh, well, I'll tell you how much it is. Does it say? Does it say? <laughs> no, twenty dollars or $23 or something, but then they have senior discounts and that sort of thing. But um, it's, it's worth every penny. It will be a fabulous, fabulous production. But I people think. should probably get tickets in advance, right? Yes. Where would they do that? You can do that by going to Louisville Chorus. LouisvilleChorus.org online. online. Get your tickets for the April 24th Christchurch United Methodist performance. Does it have the name? Is there a name for the show? It is called Dan Forrest Requiem for the Living. Ooh, Requiem for the Living. I like that. (laughs) Fantastic. And John, you're also involved in some of our local theater organizations, right? Yes, I'm, I'm a an actor in, in, uh, in community productions mainly. Yeah. So I have done a lot of different things over the years. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, you hear a lot about uh, our, our large organizations like Actors Theater and the, the Broadway series yeah. and that sort of thing. Derby Dinner Across the River. Those are... Uh, uh, things that you hear about, but oftentimes we don't hear about the community theaters and regional community theaters in the city and around and surrounding the city. There, there are, are many. There are dozens, I think. There are many, many that uh, that deal with all sorts of subjects, lots of uh, fun musicals, but then there's also people who are dealing with diversity and inclusion and, and uh, uh, LBTQ plus uh, community and uh, 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 you know, there's theater for everything. And Spanish Louisville, language theater too. I've seen I some think great so, performances. Yes. yes, and and we are rich in theater in Louisville. And oftentimes, the um, community organizations are kind of lost in the shuffle. So yeah. I want to make sure that uh, people know you can go onto your uh, computer and put in theater in Louisville or Louisville theater, and you can come up with uh, various apps that will tell you what's playing in the area. I just finished a show at the Clarksville Little Theater, which is right across the river. Oh. And it's a, it's really a very nice facility. Wow. We did a, um, a musical review on the uh, Broadway's Villains. So uh, I, I sang um, King George the Third. I think sang that from Hamilton. Uh, oh, you, wow, you know, that's a great. He'll be one. back and some King Herod <laughs> song from 
from Jesus Christ Superstar, and there are a lot of people in a different singing different villain songs, but uh, they're going to have a lot of wonderful theater. Uh, they're going to do Xanadu at one of the theaters really? here at the Champs Roller uh, Ring. Oh my God! Yes, it's going to be all on skates. Xanadu on skates? Fun. It'll be fun. Yes. It's coming up very, very soon. <laughs> all you have to do in there, oh, all kinds of things. I'm going to be doing Harvey in the end of Ju June. Oh, fun. They're going to be doing that. Uh, and uh, I can't mention all of the theater companies because there's lots and lots of them. But uh, uh, just go on uh, the uh, app and. Um, or onto the computer and and pull up theater in Louisville yeah. and you will find you will be surprised what is available here. There is um and in the surrounding areas there is a theater in Henry County really? which uh, is just you know not too far away called the theater downstream that is they are the nicest people and it is they do wonderful productions you think you've gone to Broadway when you wow. go to some of their their shows and uh, they're not the only ones Clarksville they're going to do um, coming up as a fundraiser uh, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike which is almost never done here but it's <laughs> hilarious and it's going to be done at the beginning of June and so I mean I can't mention all of them but the theater here is rich and diverse and I uh, implore people to, to go out because uh, the pandemic has, has done right. a number on the local theater and uh, people need to, uh, we need people to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so support your local theater and support your local listening by going to forwardradio.org and pledging what you can during our pledge drive. Right now we're doing this special live access hour here on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, and we'd like to thank you live on air. We have 16 donors now uh, with a total of $882 raised. Uh, we want to thank all of our recent donors, Carol Trainer, an anonymous donor, Peter Berries, Wallace McMullen, uh, David Piles, David Dutchke, Mary Williams, thank you so much for your pledge to the station, uh, and the people who gave before that as well. Together we're doing this, we're pulling together to make our goal and uh, support local organizations that we feature here on Forward Radio. You know, let's talk for a minute, um, Ruth, about the importance of uh, community radio and a thing like this called the Access Hour, right? There is nowhere else on our radio dial where you as an individual or as a community group or as a class or students have access to the actual airwaves. Absolutely. But here you do, right, Ruth? Citizen journalism, that's what keeps democracy alive and well. Yeah. And we just don't have enough of it. Yeah. We have too many, in my opinion, too <laughs> many private, private spaces, not enough public spaces. You know, just like we have public roadways, we have public waterways. Um, the radio was originally established to be a public airwave. It still is a public airwave and to be used only for the public interest. And in the beginning, it was all nonprofits. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was formed during the world, I mean, right after World War One, uh, by the U.S. Navy. So oh. it didn't start to get commercialized until um, long after when a lot of commercial interests realized they could make a lot of money. But in the beginning, it was only about nonprofits and it was about the public interest. Right. 
Yeah, and and public radio is a great thing, and we're so glad we have three public radio stations here in Louisville. Uh, but your average person off the street can't just do a show on, right. on our public radio stations, right? It really is, as like you were saying, kind of the difference between professional and non-professional, right? Those are yeah. professional uh, radio folks over there, and we love what they do. Uh, but we also love having this community access where regular people with passions to share uh, can do a regular weekly program or a monthly program or just a one-time access right. hour. We really try and lower the bar for you. So if you are thinking, yeah, I've got this thing I want to share with people, it would make a great show, maybe even just a half-hour show, you should go to FordRadio.org and well, after you're done pledging, <laughs> you should fill out our participate form and let right. us know what it is you want to do. We'll take care of all the tech stuff, right? You don't have to worry about, oh, I don't know how to run a soundboard or anything like that. We will run all that for you for an access hour. Uh, we just need your voices and your passions. So uh, consider doing an access hour uh, because this is your station. Absolutely. And we built it for the community to have access to broadcast media. And there's nothing else like that in town. So yeah, if you true. love it, uh, well, I will shout out Art FM is a fantastic community station that uh, is almost all music. Uh, and we really, we really love our sister station art fm and uh, support them too uh but if you've got something to say if you've got uh, a, an issue or a community group or a class that you really want to share uh this is the place you can do it here at ford radio uh we've got tons of airtime available for you uh so go to fordradio.org and click participate and get in on the fun uh and maybe you'll build towards doing a weekly show we'd love to have new programmers are always welcome on the station yes, uh and we've had We've had over the past five years, uh, unfortunately, some of our programmers left, right? Like we had some great shows and people uh, run out of time or leave town or whatever. And uh, so we're always looking for new content and new programmers, new voices who aren't heard elsewhere in the mainstream media. That is the goal of this station. Yes, there's so many ideas. There's so many resources right. out there in the community. Yes, and we have a frequency that you can use to come on the air. Like... Um, for example, I, I got um, somebody wrote in, went on to our website, forwardradio.org, and wrote a letter of complaint. He didn't like one of our programs. He thought that it was too biased. So what did we do? We invited him to come on Yes, air. exactly. <laughs> and he was on, I think, two or three times on yeah. the Access Hour with us. Or yeah. No, he was on my show, actually, Election Connection, which yeah. is no longer. But it should go on. Now yes, it should. Entry. We've got elections coming I up, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we're, we try and do things like get uh, candidates on the station. Uh, we don't endorse particular candidates, but we love interviewing candidates that you may not know about uh, because they don't have a big like bank account, right? Like That's what you'll hear about in the mainstream media is the people who've got the most money. Here we have the people with the most interesting ideas and who need to get their voices out there. So we always love featuring candidates. Uh, and we are going to have some mayoral candidates for sure on the station. We already have had some, uh, and there are community mayoral forums happening right now, and we'll try and get recordings of those broadcast out to you uh, through venues like the Access Hour. So stay tuned to Ford Radio for lots of great stuff like that coming up, uh, and 
give now to support it. Uh, support your listening. You've got 10 more minutes to get thanked live on air if you go to forwardradio.org. Uh, let's return to the subject of urban ag, though. Uh, when we were talking earlier about, you know, just getting started with your garden, thinking about the soil, I think, is where you really got to start, right? Um, people often think about the plants, right, or the chickens or whatever they're going to do above ground. But what really makes a healthy garden is below the ground, right? Absolutely. Um, and we have um, connections to get folks free soil tests, which oh, is yeah. always a good thing to do annually for your garden. Um, so you can go to the Jefferson County UK Cooperative Extension um, website or the Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District website. And there you will find vouchers to fill out to uh, submit your soil for free testing. Okay. You can get a couple different tests. One is nutrient based, and the other one tests for lead, as well as nutrients. So you can do a double a double dip. Yeah, if you want. If you're gonna get nice. out and yeah. send in a sample. You might as well get both, right? Yeah. yeah. So what you need to do is bring two cups of soil, um, dry soil, no grass, no wood chips, no anything else, to the Jefferson County Extension Office. We're at four two zero zero Gardner View Avenue. So outside of 264 between Poplar Level and Newburgh Road. Okay. Um, we're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30. Just walk in, bring no your... No appointment? I just no bring No appointment, dirt? just bring your dirt. <laughs> we're ready for you. But you want to sample properly, right? So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about how... So let's say I have multiple garden beds, for instance. How would I handle that? Yeah, so if you've got multiple growing spaces or maybe spaces, right? We talked about asparagus earlier. Maybe yeah. you've got a space that's dedicated to asparagus and another one that's for strawberries and another one that's for herbs. You'd want to do three different samples, right? Because all of those plants, especially when we think about the world of perennials, need different things to grow and be their happiest, best selves. Um, So you would think about doing, you know, dividing up your yard first, maybe that way. And then afterwards, you're going to remove, right, the, the grass if you're starting from fresh or any mulch or whatever else is going on. Dig down about eight inches with a clean shovel, scoop up some soil, put it in a clean bucket. I'm talking about clean a lot because we want to know what's in the soil and not what was in your bucket or right, your shovel right. beforehand. Um, so that's probably step one, actually, is wash all those things. Um, but then you're going to repeat that process about eight to ten times in that garden area. And okay. the goal is, right, is to just to try to get a representative sample of the whole area, right? Because maybe a rabbit pooped in that corner. Right. Um, right. Maybe something that was growing over here was a really heavy feeder. So if we kind of mix it all together... And then remove from that two cups, bring it to the extension office. We mail it off to UK's lab. You've got your two free soil vouchers from the conservation district. You can fill out that form right at the extension office. So it could be a one-stop shop if you wanted. Okay. Um, And then in about three weeks, um, you get your soil sample results back and a list of recommendations and ideas for what to do. If it looks scary or intimidating, you can call it actually talk to me and we'll go through it together. Um, and think about plans. So it's a really fun way, and it's also a great way to ensure that you're only doing what you need to do for your garden, right? And then you're so you're spending your money and your time wisely right. in your space. 
Right, especially if you're buying chemicals, which I wouldn't encourage you to do, but people do spend money on those kinds of things, and maybe it's totally unnecessary for Absolutely. your garden. Unless you test, you don't know. Correct. And what's the deal with lead, Madeline? Why is that important? Why is that a concern? Yeah, if you're going to be growing in ground, so maybe not in a raised bed, but just in the ground directly, um, especially during or next to your home or another structure, um, a lot of that lead paint from paint can travel into the dirt. And um, it's it's not a huge issue if you're going to be watching your, washing your vegetables really well, yeah. but... Um, you know, I think there still is some absorption there. So just to make sure that uh, everything is clean and there's nothing toxic in the dirt, um, it's good to have that extra test done. Yeah, lead was unfortunately in gasoline and in paint. Not anymore, thank goodness. But mm -hmm. we're still dealing with the legacy of that, especially in our urban environments. And like you said, the plants don't tend to take it up. There are a few plants you can plant intentionally to try and absorb lead, mm -hmm. but yeah. uh, most of your vegetables aren't going to take them up. It's more of a concern about the actual soil particles on your hands if you're not careful washing your hands or on your vegetables. So it's not like you can't grow in soil that has some lead in it. You just have to be a lot more careful. And certainly if you're dealing with children, or something like that you have to just be aware of it so it's it's good to know and that's great that people can get free samples right uh and then the other thing that helps feed the soil is once you know what's in there already uh, is compost right let's talk a, a little bit about what one could do if they wanted to start a garden and wanted to start a compost bin I feel like composting is really kind of the best of both worlds. You reduce waste from your own home, right? right? So we're always thinking about how to reduce landfill waste, right? So you can really take almost all the food from your kitchen, whether that's, you know, leftovers that went bad, even if they're a little fuzzy, they can go in the yeah, compost. Sure. They're already decomposing. It's fine. <laughs> um, the vegetable scraps um, from cooking, those kinds of things can all go out in the compost. Plus, um, if you're like me and you have chickens, you could put your chicken litter. If you've got hamsters or other yeah. non-carnivorous non animals, okay. their waste can go in there. Um, coffee grounds. Coffee grounds, yeah. What what else am I missing Paper here? Paper products. Eggshells. <laughs> Eggshells, sure. Yeah, so it's all, you can just make your own dirt, basically, yeah. um, which is really awesome. And you don't need to buy anything, really. I mean, people could spend money on these things, but uh, a basic bin is handy, but you can also just make a pile in your yard or make it out of pallets or something just to get yourself started. The, the, it's, it's all about getting in the habit. you got to make it convenient. You don't put mm -hmm. your compost pile way at the back of some big yard that you'll never walk to. You need it right by your kitchen door, right? So it's handy. <laughs> you can yeah. empty that bucket frequently. Speaking as an urban gardener, which is not, not a very good one, <laughs> but uh, I know I just put it in a pile in yeah. the back of the yard. I have a little yard. I live, there you go. I live in town, so I put it in yep. the back of the yard. Yep, and but nature uh, will do the work, right? Yeah. And, I, and I have a neighborhood compost operation. Nice, you I take your neighbor's compost. from my neighborhood. As a matter of fact, I did my weekly collection today, oh, this morning. Oh, Ruth, what good service. Yeah. This is and great. And I tell you, it's fantastic. I've got four large bins in my yard. They are teeming with worms. It's oh, yeah. really incredible to watch. Yeah. Just to just to, to witness the decomposition and the transformation going on. Yeah. Um, I won't say that my compost is perfect because I don't turn it very often. No, you know. <laughs> I'm a lazy composter, but I do do a service for our neighborhood. Yeah. And I also give away my, my finished compost oh, yeah. to my contributing neighbors. That's black gold right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even if you're just doing house plants, right? It makes all the difference mm -hmm. to put some 
That's and I a have what I think is there. a secret, which I will now blab. All right. But um, <laughs> what I do to make it real convenient for everybody is that I, I get pine pellets. And you can get pine pellets. <laughs> and it's um, compressed sawdust is okay. what it mm -hmm. is. And it's used for um, horse... Uh, uh, horse bedding. Horse bedding. Horse bedding, yeah. right. Oh, you okay. can get it at farmer's stores. And if you make a layer of that on the bottom of, your, of whatever container you're using, yeah. it absorbs the liquids and it also absorbs the, um, the, the, smell, the odors. Nice. And nice in the process, layer, it, yeah. it turns back into sawdust. Wow. And so that's a really good component for you your compost. You heard it here first on Forward Radio. <laughs> uh, it's been such fun having you all in the studio. We're all out of time here on the Access Hour. Uh, I want to thank Bethany Pratt and Madeline Marshall from the Urban Agriculture Coalition. Thanks for all you do in our community. Thank you for supporting Forward Radio as a community partner. Uh, and thank you to John Trueblood, who joined us from the Louisville Chorus. It was such a treat having you here in the studio. And we look forward to your concert coming up on April 24th at 3 p.m. Everybody should get tickets at louisvillechorus.org. Yes. Right. Okay. And we are going to leave you with one last tune from the Louisville Chorus as you all go to forwardradio.org and pledge now to support the station. We need your support. We rely entirely on it. We can't do this without you. So go to forwardradio.org and we'll see you next week here on the Access Hour.